Hello and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and season fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome back to the show. I hope everybody's having a very nice week. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to start the show off with some positivity Positive and some affirmations. Yes. We're all it doing been... fine. <laughs> <laughs> it has been very gloomy in LA these past couple days and I feel like it's very difficult for me to like feel peppy and energized (laughs) when it's cloudy outside. Um, So yeah. And especially because in LA when it gets cloudy, like it doesn't usually rain. So you never get the release of the (laughs) gloom. Like it just hangs over you. Um, So yeah. Good, good burst of positivity. Good burst of positivity. Um, So today's episode, the, the title might have caught your eye and you thought that seems kind of random. What's that about? Sometimes this show is just us chasing a curiosity that comes out of nowhere. (laughs) It happens sometimes. Um, And to explain this time, last week when we got Ace in the random game, Mm -hmm. it was mentioned that Byung-Kwan had been on a season of a show called K-Pop Star. And like, I knew that was a show and that a bunch of people had been on it and that it had multiple seasons, but I'd Mm -hmm. never really dug in. And so when I just Googled it out of curiosity, I saw that the first season came out about 10 years ago in December of 2011. So I thought, let's figure out what the deal with K-pop star was and then check on the top 10 and see where they are now 10 years later. Yeah, so we're really just going to go over the format of the show and then uh, a look at the final contestants um, to see if there's anyone who maybe we would recognize today um and this is i guess kind of the start of a potential like series or a type of episode because um like we were talking about with ace a bunch of them were on different shows right like the unit and um whatever i don't remember what else but um mix nine and there's so many different shows like we did our whole producing a scandal where Mm -hmm. we looked at the produce 101 series and i think that there's a lot of potential for us to take each one of these shows and kind of take a look at it like what was the structure of the show and who came out of it because there are so many things like we've come across like unpretty rap stars so many times Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of these smaller shows that actually gave us a lot of solo artists whose names we are familiar with today so it would be interesting to take a look at each at each sort of franchise yeah and see what they gave us how they contributed to the k-pop scene yeah especially because it doesn't seem like competition reality idol shows are going to go away anytime mm-hmm. soon like every time they debut one everyone gets all up in arms like not another competition show like these are edited deceptively like they're mean we don't like them And yet they keep coming out and people, they keep making them and people keep watching them. So like, I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, people love a competition show. Like how many years has American Idol been on the air? Like so many. Um, And they're just, they just keep coming up with new ones now. Yes. Oh my God. By the way, did you see So Wild? I saw a commercial the other day airing after the abomination that is the American masked singer. They now have this crazy 
AI motion capture show where the singers are backstage and then an elaborate hologram is on stage and the people have like the dots on their face like Andy Circus. Why? What's and the premise of the show? I don't to be the best singer if people can't see your face like the voice oh. but all and one of the judges is Alanis Morissette. <gasps> what? Oh my god, she's sold out. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Oh my God, I can't it. believe it. Alanis Morissette was the last, oh, I loved her. Yeah, me too. Oh I was When I wow. saw the commercial, I said to wait, I was like, if you had told eight-year-old me that someday Alanis Morissette would be on a like co- cartoon singing judge show, I wouldn't have believed you. She was the edgiest, coolest girl she in the was, world. She was, yeah. I remember <laughs> feeling like betrayed when I learned that so much of Jagged Little Pill was about fucking Dave, Dave Of all people, I was like, really? Uncle Joey? Like, she lost so many cool points in my mind when I learned that. But anyway. Anyway. (laughs) K-pop star, we're going back. We're going back in time. Ten years in the past before anyone even thought to have computer singer shows. (laughs) And the premise is very simple. K-pop star aired on SBS. Um, and it was on from December 4th, 2011 to April 29th, 2012. And there were 22 episodes. That's just the first season. There have been multiple yes. seasons of the show. So this but we're is just looking at the first one. Season one. Um, and the judges for season one were JYP from JYP, Young Hyun Suk, who wore YG from YG, and Boa was there to represent SM. Because Lee Suman thought it would be nice to have a girl on the panel. <laughs> sure. Um, but they were there representing the big three. Because in 2011, the big three was still absolutely yeah. unequivocally the big three. Right. So if you're going to have a show choosing K-pop stars, they have to be the ones picking. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so this was supposed to be like all K-pop. They wanted it to be a global audition process. So the preliminary auditions, which were July to October of 2011, they did online auditions where people could submit videos. Um, and people came from China, the United States, Brazil, Europe. They had all kinds of auditioners from all over the world. Yes. And I thought it was very interesting also that this is a co-ed competition. Um, So it's not just for female idols or male idols like the Purdue series is, which I guess maybe that's why I expected it to just be one or the other, um, because that's the like K-pop competition show I'm most familiar with. But there they're making groups. And here it was more of, of soloists. So they did accept both female and male competitors. Yeah. Cause it seems like, yeah, this show is, the show is interesting because Korea's got talent like already existed. And I'm pretty sure that they tried a Korean idol thing in the early two thousands as well. Sure. Who didn't, who didn't, everyone was doing those. So this is like kind of a blend of these, you know, make your girl group shows that are very Mm -hmm. popular now. But it's like they're just trying to find the K-pop stars. Like, yeah, just like look for one or two stars instead of trying Mm -hmm. to make a cohesive group. 
Right. They're only looking at individuals. And the winner would receive a cash prize of 300 million won, which is approximately $300,000, two brand new vehicles, and endless opportunity, part of which was the choice to sign with one of the big three. So the winner at the end would get to choose, kind of like in The Voice where you choose your coach, Mm -hmm. the winner at the end gets to choose who they sign with. Of the big three. So I tried to find out as much as I could about how this show worked. I couldn't find a single full episode anywhere on the internet. It's like all I wanted. But it seems like people didn't start archiving the K-pop star until like K-pop star season three. Like Mm. it was really hard to find a lot of... Yeah. These videos and stuff. So, well, and this is all from like 2011. So, like, think about the K pop reality in general that we have access to from 2011. Like, it's not much. It's my 240p Kuntoria exactly. that are on a hard exactly. drive <laughs> that are no longer available on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> so, I tried to gather as much as I could about how the show worked, and it seemed to have a couple of rounds. And then in the subsequent seasons, they make it more complicated. But in the first okay. season, the first round is just your talent audition episodes. You get everyone who was accepted from the online auditions doing their little bits in front of JYP and JYP and YG are making faces. And like, you know, it's the audition episodes that everyone sure. loves. Um, and then, but to get through the people had to get two of the three judges to agree, like, uh, X, uh, X factor style or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of the judges had a wild card golden ticket that they got to force someone through to the next round uh, if they so wanted to. So even if they're the only one who likes that person, they could push them through with this wild card. Yes. So then in the second round, the contestants who got through got to make a choice of who they wanted to have a contact audition with of the big three judges. Mm-hmm. Um, And then after they did their contact auditions, the judges split them up into groups based on what they were best at. Like there was the singers, there were the piano players, the like dancers and sort of grouped them. And then those groups were ranked and eliminate the bottom ones were eliminated. Mm -hmm. But they weren't really evaluated until they got into the groups, right? Like choosing the, the mentor or whatever. And then like having this contact audition, Seemed like more of an opportunity for them to get some advice. Yes, right? to of just like get a, like FaceTime. I'm not really auditioning for you, but I'm getting like a one-on-one. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. I watched, a, I did find one clip of one of the very young girls that was in the top 10 doing hers like with JYP because she didn't really speak Korean at all. And so he was mm-hmm. the only one who could like talk to her and she's like crying and he's being very encouraging it was actually a very nice video Aww. anyway <laughs> these shows are rough on people though they're they're hard there's a lot of tears that are shed um okay so then the third round this is the casting audition where now they have to pick a judge to like be with mm, for be this, on their team be on their team for the next like two rounds and so when okay. they did that they got to train at that company with the senior singers of that company for like two weeks while they were a part of team JYP or whatever. That's really, really cool. Right. So that was like to improve. Everyone gets their two weeks to like improve skills with the pros. Mm -hmm. Then round four was, this was how they decided the top 10 that we're going to get to in a second. This was battle style 
where somebody from Team JYP was versus Team SM, and only one of them got through to the next round, tournament style. Right. Harsh. But then that left us with the top 10. And then this is when, like, the main, I would say, part of the competition comes in, where, like, the audience starts getting to vote, and Mm -hmm. there's, like, the live singing studio audience whole mess of it all for the fifth round. And each of those episodes, once we got into the fifth round, each one had a different mission. So like the girl, the, I was going to say the girls, but the contestants, <laughs> since it's both, um, the contestants had to choose and prepare a song that fit a particular prompt of some kind. Um, and like part of it had to do with the fact that like they have this original, like they can also work with the the like cover songs that they've already done like throughout the competition mm-hmm. to get them to that point. Like there's certain parts where it's like your signature cover song right. or something. Um, so they had different um, each episode once you finally got to the top 10 and started eliminating, continuing to eliminate people. They had a specific challenge each week. Yes. So from here on out, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the top 10 in order of how they were eliminated 10th place to first place talk a little bit about what they did on the show their last song and then we'll do our where are they now for what we could find for the people we could find things about all right so in 10th place the first of the top 10 eliminated was lee jung mi who was born in 1996, which made her 15 years old at the time of the show. And I wanted to note everybody's ages because a lot of them are very little. Very young. <laughs> um, but her, the mission for a week, the first week was My Story. And Jungmi Ch- sang Snail by a group called Panic. Undenga. she was eliminated for this performance which she did say say in an interview i found that she was not proud of that it was like weak and she was nervous and so she she does sound very nervous in this performance it was so interesting to watch clips of this show because like we said you can't find a full episode because it seemed like they just seem so much like kids pulled yeah. off the street they you know really do mean? they look like kids like nobody has plastic surgery face or dyed hair or like they are and they kids. all kind of have like they have like their little chubby, chubby cheeks, cheeks and they have their like you know regular like old navy plaid or whatever <laughs> like they're not in cool clothes or anything like that um and it was just really interesting to see because i feel like when you watch something like the Purdue series or like the girls 99 or whatever, the right. like newer shows where all of the idols that like we are fans of, they are now like mentors on these shows. I feel like the contestants look so much slicker. Yes. They now. really do. Like they don't necessarily look older, but they definitely look way more put together. And like, maybe that's just a commentary on this younger generation today. They're like so much more <laughs> put together than we were Yeah, <laughs> in general. For Their sure. Age. Um, but yeah, it was like a, it was a very, very interesting like difference to see it is it is interesting so Jungmi signed with YG after the show ended 
And she was scheduled to debut in a girl group that YG was going to debut called the Sue Pearls. Now, earlier in K-pop star, I think in episode six, I linked it. Yes, in episode six, (laughs) they have like a group challenge. And so four girls call themselves the Sue Pearls and they sang The Boys by Girls' Generation in this nice jazzy way. Girls' generation make you feel the hit. Chum se gega udil chum Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. It was kind of legendary for the show. Like people remembered it because Mm -hmm. it's like very powerful. So YG was going to debut that group, but we'll talk about it later. One of the girls in Sue Pearls chose another company at the end of the show. So he put a different girl in. And then YG decided that actually he only cared about that one girl debuting. So he canceled the group debut to focus Mm. on debuting one of them solo. So Jungmi left uh, YG after that. And uh, that's all the information I could find about her on the internet. That, that That was it for Jungmi. So she probably went to college and got a real job or something. But uh, that, that's all I got. <laughs> Maybe. We hope she's doing well wherever she is. Um, all right. So then that brings us to the ninth place. Uh, ninth place went to Kim Na Yoon, who was born in 1994 and was 17 years old at the time of K-pop star competition. And for Mission 2, their song challenge was they had to sing a million seller song. And Kim Na Yoon sang... Set Fire to the Rain by Adele. Um, okay, so Kim Na Yoon was an interesting... This was the one I saw crying with JYP uh, because she was born in San Francisco and her name is Tiffany Kim. Kim Na Yoon is the name they chose for her after this. Um, she did participated in the online audition, like put up a YouTube video, but had never actually sang in public before. Mm. She was like one of those people that like secretly sang in their bedroom or something. Um, but so, so she got on this show and it was like very overwhelming for her. Um, after K-pop star, she signed with Starship and trained at Starship for a little while. Then she left Starship because she wanted to go to college. So she went to the U.S. and went to Boston University for two years. And then she went back to Korea for personal reasons. And then according to an interview I found from 2020, she was accepted at a company that she did not name Mm -hmm. and was like put in a four member girl group. And they filmed a music video and like had music ready. And then coronavirus hit. And she was told that the company didn't have any money anymore. So she went back to America and did an interview with K-pop 
K Papa Lips. K Papa Lips. K Paco. That snarky blog. She did an interview with them um, and said at the end of the interview that she planned to go back to Korea as soon as it was safe to, quote, confront this company about her grievances with them. So that's where things stand for Tiffany Kim at the moment. Um, Yikes. Yeah, but that interview is very, very long. She says a whole lot in it about all kinds of K-pop trainee stuff Mm. um but yeah so um i hope she gets her grievances settled and maybe gets to debut in a group someday she's been at it 10 years yeah that is really too bad that she's been just like obstacle after obstacle and now like oh man now she has to confront her company like geez what does that even mean get a lawyer yeah i know yeah don't confront them alone Tiffany, if you can hear this, don't do that. <laughs> Protect yourself. Um, get your money. Okay. Yes. All right. So then that brings us to eighth place. And our eighth place contestant was a man named Beck Ji Wung. Um, he was the oldest of the top 10. He was 1990, so he was 21 at the time of the show, um, which I think is the oldest of the top 10. Um, and the mission for week three was my idols song and he sang study of memories by exhibition. Um, yeah, this boy is just like a tall, skinny, nice boy with a nice voice. And so he, after K-pop star, debuted as a ballad soloist in 2013. Like, declaratively, I saw an interview. Like, he discovered during K-pop star that he could not and did not like to dance and just wanted to sing nice songs. Um, so he debuted in 2013 with a song called I Miss You. And since then, he has released 11 singles and done three OST appearances. And his most recent single is called Just For Today, Only You. And it was released in March of 2021. All right. So still very active. Back still G-woo. doing it. Singing your pretty songs. Still doing Good it. Good for you. Um, okay, next. Seventh place, week four. Eliminated was Yoon Hyun Sang. Um, this is another of the boys. He was 17 at the time, 1994 baby. Um, and the mission for week four was a movie or drama OST was what they had to sing. And he sang Wind Blows from This Charming Girl. Um, so... Yes, he was eliminated this week for this song, but after the show, 
he joined Kakao M Entertainment, which is IU's label, and IU featured on his debut album. Oh, wow. So we got to have that as well. Nice. His, de- his debut album is called Piano Forte, and it came out in 2014. Since then, he's released four solo mini albums. He's done four OST songs and eight singles, including a very cute duet with my A-Pink bias, Bomi, that's called Let's Eat Together. That was out in 2015. And he also very recently released a single called Fallen. came out in May of this year and it's so like groovy nice KRMB coffee shop music. Ooh, I love that. I mean, I always love to add to my coffee shop collection. But yeah, this guy is a very nice voice, so I'm glad that he was also able to keep singing after this. Yeah, and to sign with IU's label, that's that I feel like that's a good like that makes me feel maybe a little better. <laughs> Than like being right. at some random tiny company we've never heard of who has no artists of record. Sure. <laughs> sure. So good luck, Yoon Hyun Sang. Um, okay, next up, sixth place. This is this contestant was named Park Jae Hyung. He's born in 1992, and he was 19 years old at the time of competition. And the week, the mission for week five was Judge's Pick. And the song the judges picked for Park Jae-hyung was Can't Take My Eyes Off of You by Frankie Valli. So this person... Park Jae-young was born in Argentina and raised in Cerritos, California. So close to here. And he was attending Cal State Long Beach as a political science major and uploading YouTube videos to a channel called Yellow Post-it Man and was offered a spot on K-pop star. So he dropped out of college and moved to Korea. And on his K-pop star season, he wore big, thick glasses and bow ties and, like, spiked his hair in the middle and was doing, like, they were doing, like, a Buddy Holly Weezer sweater boy thing with him. Sure. After this, this person came to be known simply as Jay from day six because he joined JYP after the show and on September 7th 2015 he debuted as the guitarist and singer for JYP's first instrument band day six Congratulations, Yay. it's Jay our first everybody knows very him. recognizable and con- and successful name off this list Yes. Um, so Day6 have since debut released four full albums and seven EPs. And Jay was one of the hosts of After School Club for two years from 2016 to 2018. He also is a fellow podcaster. He had a podcast on Eric Nam's Dive Network called How Did I Get Here? And it was on from February of 20 to this summer. It ended in June. Um, He also has a YouTube channel that's called EAJ, which is his name backwards. 
Um, and he also was doing Twitch for a while, but he had to stop doing Twitch because the Korean fans don't understand English slang and would get very angry and like misunderstand a lot of, so he was tired of apologizing and misunder. So he just quit doing Twitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like about. I read about a couple of the different <laughs> incidents or whatever this, this past year of people just getting like, you know, Oh, it's a mistranslation. And then it's a, and then that mistranslation gets passed around and then whatever, everybody's all up in arms over nothing, but he still has to apologize. So he yeah. said, never mind. <laughs> I quit. Y'all can't be chill. So we're not going to twitch anymore. Yeah. But anyway, that's Jay, our sixth place finisher and a person who we still know very well. Um, And before we get into the top five, we got to take a quick break. This episode of Ask Me About K-Pop is brought to you by Idol Gossip, a brand new YA novel written by Alexandra Lee Young. Idol Gossip tells the story of Alice Choi, a Chinese-American teenager with big dreams of being a singer. But when Alice is accepted at one of the biggest K-pop labels in South Korea, she finds that maybe she should have listened to this podcast because she doesn't know anything about what she's gotten herself into. Can Alice overcome the harsh world of trainee life and the intense eye of a notorious gossip blogger to debut with her group at the Dream Concert? We love this book and can't wait for all of you to read it with us, so pick up your copy now. Idle Gossip is published by Walker Books US and is available now wherever books are sold. All right, we're back and we're ready to dig in to the top five contestants from the first season of K-Pop Star. And where are they now? Fifth place. Uh, This fifth place went to a woman named Lee Michelle, who at the time was only 20 years old because she is a 1991 as well. And mission six for week six was viewer requested songs. Mm. And Michelle sang a song called You Just by Soul City. Um, And yeah, Michelle's story is interesting. She was born in Paju, South Korea to a Korean mother and a black American father. Um, But her father was not in her life at all. So she was really raised solely in korea by her korean mother and she only speaks korean um but she doesn't quite look korean quote unquote so she you know experienced a lot of adversity growing up because of it um but she also was an excellent fucking singer so she ended up on this show oh such a good singer her voice is huge um, she was one of the girls that was in that Sue Pearls that sang mm-hmm. the boys earlier in the clip I played. So she also didn't get to debut when that group was canceled. Yes. So she got a chance to originally sign with YG, but that was a very short-lived contract. But she did find shortly after another company called Dima Entertainment to sign with. Um, And so the following year in 2014, she was able to debut as a soloist with Dima Entertainment with a song called Without You. And 
the music video for Without You is very explicitly about her childhood growing up black in Korea and how she was treated. It's a very long, like very poignant music video. Mm -hmm. Um, But like that was the focus as she was getting her story out for her debut song. Yeah, I actually think I remember when she released this because like we were already listening to k-pop and i remember i must not have heard it like right away obviously because it wasn't as like tuned in to the scene Mm -hmm. but i know that i found this at some point like because i remember because she was getting attention for being like a black idol Mm. um who also was like native korean as opposed to some of the other black idols we've seen like alex reed or um Mm -hmm. The woman who in plays Black Alex Swan. in Black Swan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't remember her name. But uh, yeah, I remember that this got a bit of attention um, because of her kind of like unique experience. Um, but I wish that she, and I wish it had gotten more attention, like because she's such a talented singer and I feel like she makes um, like good R&B and it's too bad that, that she's not a more well-known name than she is right now. For sure. Um, but I guess as I think happens a lot with, uh, idol variety competition shows, like once you pop, you just can't stop because (laughs) she in 2016 participated in a show called tribe of hip hop, the season, the second season of that show. Um, and she passed and was put on Juhan's team because Juhan, Juhani from Monstax was one of the one of the coach, mentor, judges, whatever, on Tribe of Hip Hop. So she did that. I also checked her melon, and she released three other singles after Without You, and she has 11 OST appearances, including the Pokemon Sun and Moon soundtrack. Nice. Get that Pokemon money. Yeah. And she also released a single this summer called Don't Fuck With You. Ooh. I love it. But the interesting thing, or the thing I couldn't find was, I don't know, maybe you could find it, but on Melon, it says, don't fuck with you, and the cover art says, don't fuck with you, whatever. When I looked her up on Spotify, it's the exact same cover art, but it says, like, don't want you, or don't mess with you, or something, and she never says fuck in the song. So, like, I don't know if they just put a sassier cover on it for Korea or something, but, or I don't know, but... Or maybe Spotify they didn't to... have the fuck version. Oh, that's so interesting. I wonder why that is. How weird. A mystery. Yeah. Another K-pop mystery. But again, I was happy to see like the third person on here that like maybe isn't as well known as Jay, but is still releasing music 10 years later. Like that's yeah. cool. All right. Next up, fourth place of the first season went to Lee Sung Hoon a 1992 liner who was 19 years old at the time of competition. The mission for week seven was results of the final three trainings. Don't know what that means, but he performed a self-written rap called the show must go on. And it's like very intense. He had like dancers with like guns. It's like a whole interpretive dance rap moment. And JYP is super into it, but he went home that week. (laughs) Maybe it was like, 
Maybe they had to write a song about that was like inspired by the results of the three final trainings or something of like a, I don't know, like a composition. No, no the he's other, the only one the, who did The other self, contestants right? did Kim Bumsu, Beyonce, and Yoon Mirae. Huh. He was the only person who like, so he was getting extra credit. He tried to get extra credit points and write his own. And instead he got sent home. And he got sent home. But Sungun is from Busan and he had actually already gone on Korea's Got Talent, like auditioned for that as a dancer. So this was his second go round with a reality competition show. And he signed with YG after K-pop star. Then, in February 2013, Sung Hoon, along with all the other boys at YG, participated in a show called Win Colon Who's Next and was placed on Team A. And as we know from this show, Team A won Win Who's Next and became winner. Our second major debut. Both of the boys who made it into the top ten have a, a significant. Well, I guess there's three. There were three boys in the top ten, but uh, or maybe four. 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 We've got four boys so far in the top ten, and two of and them. Two are of in them like are in bands that are groups. still kicking around. Yeah. So since debut, Winner has released four studio albums, three EPs, and three single albums, and Sung Hoon himself has 46 writing credits wow. for his solo music winner. And he wrote a song for Sex Geese. Oh. He wrote one of their like 2017 comeback songs. Cool. Um, and Sung Hoon enlisted last April. So he'll probably be home from the military soon. And that's where we leave off with him. All right. Moving into third place. And from what I could gather from like the scores and watching these performances that this like these top three girls that they really were like so struggling close. to pick them like they were oh the equal. margins were so so small it was like at one point there well we'll talk about it but yeah these <laughs> it was stiff competition so the third place contestant is Beck Ayun um, and she's a 1993 liner, so she was 18 at the time of the show. And the mission for week eight was free song choice. And she chose a song called I Made a Mistake by 2 a.m. played her own piano for this she played her own piano for like most rounds that was like her extra step of her extra step of impressiveness um but Bekayan is since this a ost queen like if you haven't seen her name in your player before you're not listening to the right drum osts but <laughs> um she signed with jyp after and released her first solo album in 2012 um, and since then, she has appeared on the soundtrack for 17 Korean dramas, including one of my all-time favorites called You Are My Destiny. She sang multiple songs on that. She was the voice of that drama. Oh, wow. Anyway, I love her. She's released five full EPs and has featured on a ton of other K-pop idol and rappers albums. Like, she's just one of those girls that sings. And she literally released a single called Zero Percent like three weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah. 
Amazing. So, so there still you go. kicking, <laughs> staying very busy. Amazing. All right. So that takes us now to our top two. And like Shannon just said, the margin was very, very, very small between these two. Like, so the last, the final mission actually had two rounds. The first one was a free song choice. And the second one was where the final two had to sing each other's signature cover. Um, so a song that they had sort of made a name for themselves with, then they had to switch. Um, and, the voting in between, like for the free song choice between the sing each other's covers, like a point of a difference. Like it was wow. like a hundred, ninety-seven, ninety-eight, and then like a hundred, ninety-six, ninety-seven, or something. So Damn. it was like all together like one point of a difference. It was crazy. So close. But coming in second place, we have Lee Hai Yi who during the competition was 15 years old. She is a 96 liner. And her final song for the second mission, which was singing each other's cover, was Rollin' in the Deep by Adele. is from Bucheon, South Korea, um, and she signed to YG after coming in second by the slimmest margin. Like I said, it was a total of three points altogether. Um, before her debut, she featured on her label mate Epic High's song, I'm Cold, and she originally replaced another contestant, Park Jimin, in the group Sue Pearls. So like you mentioned earlier, Sue Pearls was this group that had four of the contestants from K-pop star. One of the girls in Sue Pearls on the show did not sign with YG afterwards, so he replaced her with... Uh, Lee Hai and Sue Pearls had plans to debut. But then Lee Hai debuted as a soloist on October 28, 2012, as Lee Hai with the single One, Two, Three, Four. Oh, oh, I said one and two and three and four. Oh, she the group was shortly disbanded after that because Lehigh's debut has been repeatedly described as monstrous. <laughs> One, two, three, four was incredibly popular. Her debut single reached number one in the very first week of sales. She got her first music show win on November 8th on M Countdown in just the second week of promos. And her single sold over 5 million digital copies. So she was so popular immediately as a debut debut that YG decided instead to focus on her debut instead of debuting Sue Pearls, which was a huge disappointment to a lot of fans, especially from the show, because Sue Pearls, after that cover of um, Bring the Boys Out, or The Boys, um, they got a lot of attention because this would have been the first girl group YG debuted since To Anyone. Ugh. And so a lot of people were really waiting for it. Um, and then not only were they just like unceremoniously disbanded, but the other three girls, the a representative stated, quote, we have decided to nullify our contracts with Lee Michelle, Lee Jung-mi, and Lee Song-joon without any terms. They concluded that it would be best for each other if they just break up so the decision was inevitable. So they 
dropped them all and mm-hmm. decided to just focus on Lehigh instead. Um, and she has stated in the time since then saying we worked together for five to six months, but since it all ended, I'm very saddened. So she was very, she said we might have been different from the old Sue Pearls, but if we did debut together, we definitely would have heard that this team is really fantastic because all four of them were vocal powerhouses. Um, so she was, she did express regret that they didn't get, uh, even a fighting chance. Um, But as a soloist, um, she stayed with YG until her contract expired in 2019. um, And then she signed with AOMG in July of 2020. So that is the company that she's still currently under. That's Jay Park's label for reference. Yes, it is. Uh, and un- while she was still with Jay, with, excuse me, while she was still, I almost said Jay Park, <laughs> while she was still with YG, <laughs> she actually participated in two subunits as well. So in December of 2013, she debuted as a part of Balm and High with Park Balm from To Anyone, and they put out a cover of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. And then the next year, in November of 2014, she debuted as Hai Su Hyun with Akmu's Lee Su Hyun, and they released a single called I'm Different, which fe- featured Icon's Bobby. She also, under YG, was able to do a Japanese debut. Uh, she released an album and went on tour in 2018. And to date, she has released four albums, one EP, 12 singles, 19 features and collaborations, four OSTs. And her most recent release came out this month, September 2021. She put out an album, and the lead single is called Red Lipstick, which features You Submission for potential disco playlist red lipstick. It might Ooh. it might veer too far on the funk side, but also I think a case could be made. Okay, I will listen and I'll have my checklist ready to go. Um, She has overall in her career to this day won seven awards, including a Best New Artist and Song of the Year, and been nominated 19 times. Um, So this is really just like a quick overview of Lehigh. Um, Her name is one that you are most probably familiar with. Um, She has a beautiful voice and she sings a lot of really, really, really pretty ballads. I know that I think I first heard of her because I knew that Jong wrote a lot of songs for her. Yeah, he wrote Breathe um, for her and like Yes. I knew that they were friends. friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, she is definitely a name you may be familiar with and has um, a very successful career so far. So we will see a lot from her, um, hopefully continuing on in the future and maybe potentially a deep dive someday. Yeah, she was. I saw she was in the news last week because when her album came out, her new album, there's a song on it that features B.I. from Icon, who's like one mm-hmm. of her like friends. But the album came out the day of B.I.'s trial. And so she tweeted like she had tweeted some things about the album and was like, I love my friend B.I. Thanks for featuring on my album. And then everyone was like mad at her for supporting him on his court day or I don't know. Like I thought it was nice. You should be nice to your friends on their weed trial days. You should be nice to them. (laughs) Poor B.I. 
<laughs> yeah. Good for her Good for, for giving her, him a shout out. Yeah. I thought that you was You should nice. support your friends on their <laughs> trumped up charges. All right. So that brings us now to our first place winner, a Miss Park Jimin. She was, I believe, the youngest yeah. uh, a competitor. At least of the Definitely 10. the youngest of the top 10. She was only 14 during the competition. She was born in 1997. And her final song for Mission 9.2, Sing Each Other's Cover, was Mercy by Duffy. Uh, so Jimin was born in Korea. She was born in Daejeon, but she lived in Thailand for eight years where she attended an international school and was given the name Jamie. She speaks three languages. She's fluent in Korean and English, and she speaks basic Thai. And she went to the same school in Korea, the same performing arts school as Beck Yerin and Gotsevin's Yugyam. And I thought I found a memorable show moment um, where she Park Jimin was singing a song called You Raise Me Up. And while singing it, she got a bit emotional. And so like toward the end of the song, she got a little bit pitchy because she was teary. And Boa like broke down oh. in tears when she when it was her turn to give her like criticism. Boa immediately started crying because she said she was like, you're 14, right? And Jimin was like, yes. And she said, when I was 14, and she like immediately started crying. And she was like, when I was 14, I went to Japan all by myself. And like people used to tell me I used to hate these words, like because you're Boa. And like it was like, oh, but you're having a hard time, but you can do it because you're Boa. Like you're tired, but you can do it because you're Boa. And I came to really hate these words. And like you are such a good singer that I think you're going to hear that a lot of like because you're Park Jimin like you can do it and like you were and so she was just like giving her like a very beautiful like personal advice about like persevering and like keeping uh, keeping her head up and then she was like because you were crying like your your voice was a little pitchy um so I'm gonna give you so like I do have to reduce your score a little <laughs> and she gave her 99 out of 100 points <laughs> yeah but so that was a very emotional moment you can find it on youtube and it's fair it made me it made me cry because boa cries so <laughs> oh no yeah boa seemed boa seemed to like her because the clip that i found because like you said this last round was they had to sing each other's mm -hmm. signature song so i found the clip of jamie singing rolling in the deep on episode four Mm -hmm. and it's like her silent audition in this like empty room with just her and the big three when she gets up to the you could have had it up boa stop boa goes woo and then she like <laughs> has to stop herself but she like gets a woo out of boa in the middle of her audition so i love it boa was such a fun judge to watch after the um the she fucking loved sue pearls like that <laughs> boys cover she was yeah. like loving it and as soon as they finished she was just like yes yes <laughs> <laughs> it was great um all right so just a memorable show moment from park jimin um as the winner she got to choose who to sign with so she chose jyp and she also received a brand new hyundai and 300 million won she was cast in a drama and she had the opportunity to sign a contract as a cf model 
Under JYP, she first debuted in a duo called 15 and with her label mate, Beck Yerin, on October 5th, 2012 with the single I Dream. Their name, 15 and, refers to the fact that both of them were 15 (laughs) at the time of their debut, and the and was meant to look toward the future, right? Uh, 15 and what (laughs) what else, right? Exactly. Together as a duo, they released one studio album and five singles from 2012 to 2015. But then in 2015, they went on an unofficial four-year hiatus um, until they eventually disbanded in 2019 um, and uh, quietly disbanded Mm -hmm. in 2019. Um, And it seems like their unofficial hiatus uh, lines up with her solo debut. Ah. She debuted as a soloist under JYP as Park Jimin with the single Hopeless Love on April 5th, 2015. She stayed with JYP until her contract expired in 2019, which is when 15 and just like quietly disbanded. There was no real official announcement or anything, but since she left the company, it's over. Um, and then she signed with Warner Music Korea and re-debuted as Jamie. So now she is known as Jamie. Um, and she is currently one of the hosts of After School Club. She's been hosting that show since 2014. That's something she started doing while she was under JYP. And she continues to be a soloist as well. Um, overall, to date, she's released two EPs, both of which are self-composed, eight singles, 12 features and collaborations, 16 OSTs, and her most recent single came out in September this month, 2021, and it is called No Numbers. But one thing that I found that was really interesting, like a cool project of hers, um, is called MOLA, which stands for Make Our Life Awesome. And this is actually something, she's still a part of this today, although it's not a super active project because all the members of it are doing a bunch of different things. But this is a music collective. Um, So it is like a... um, like a crew or something of different <laughs> idols and producers who get together to just kind of make music for fun. They produce it themselves and they put it out on their own YouTube channel, which is called Mola, M-O-L-A. Um, and they also have a SoundCloud as well. And on August 15th, 2015, Jamie teased the uh, sort of quote unquote debut of this collective by posting on Instagram a clip of her powerful vocals and then somebody rapping and she captioned it with something that implied that there were two people involved in the project um, and that whatever it was going to be would be released on SoundCloud and YouTube and just a few days later um, she put out a single called My Way uh, with Cho Sung Hyun and a rapper producer Nathan Cho Sung Hyun is Woods Woods it's always Woods Woods and of unique. Yes, it's always Woods. He po- he pops up out of the woodwork, man. He always is popping up. And I always forget his, <laughs> his given name. So I was like, ooh, a member of unique. Like, and I thought it was the hot one whose name is Song Ju. Mm. But because I always forget Woods' name. And then I looked it up and I was like, God damn it, it's, it's not Woods. the hot one. It's, it's always Woods. Woods. It's always Woods. <laughs> So Woods and this rapper slash producer, I think he's more known as a producer nowadays, but he actually was a contestant on K-pop star season three. His name is Nathan. 
So the three of them, they are the founding members of Mola, and they put out uh, two singles in that first year. They put out a song called My Way on August 20th, and then a few months later on October 31st, they put out a song called Trick or Treat. Um, but this, like I said, is still a collective that they um, continue to get together and put music or make music together just for fun. And their newest members are Seventeen's Vernon, Pentagon's Kino, and a guitarist named Ho-Ho. And the five of them released a song called Chillin', parentheses, Five Mola's Version. <laughs> in August of 2017. And it's actually a pretty fun song because like Jimin is a a phenomenal singer Mm -hmm. and she does rap a little bit sometimes on their tracks, but for the most part, like she is the, the, you know, the female voice that holds down the chorus for the boys to like rap in the verses. Um, But their, their song is, their songs are fun. I like it. And it's just like a cool project. I think it's really neat that Because we see a lot of, I mean, obviously we always talk about when idols can have a hand in their music and we always like to bring that up, especially during our deep dives and stuff. And she started self-composing for herself in 2016. So just a year after her debut. So it's really neat that she and like these other artists who are not labeled. Yeah, they're all from different companies, which is an extra Mm -hmm. neat part of it, I think. Yeah, but that they have the opportunity, they not only had the opportunity and the like motivation to do this, like they wanted to do it, so they just did, but they also have like the space and time, like from their companies, to be able to put their own music out. Like, I almost feel like, like my initial instinct would be, is this not a conflict of interest or like some kind of like contract? violation or something Mm -hmm. but I think because they don't make money off of the music they just like make it themselves and put it out um that they probably can it's like a loophole or whatever but I just think it's interesting that they're even allowed to do it um when it isn't affiliated with any of the companies that they're a part of yeah that is interesting Mm -hmm. that is interesting yeah and I don't know of any other like groups that or any other collectives like this you know what i mean yeah everything i'm thinking of is like can think of like idols who you know have sound clouds yes and like and like maybe they get together and do like fun stuff sure but to be like an official crew (laughs) yeah no that's very fun yeah very interesting love that well that's our top 10 from the first season of k-pop star that aired 10 years ago and where they are now and the vast majority of them are still being singers so hey good track record k-pop star yeah still being singers and the top two in particular are like pretty recognizable names so i am very interested to take a look at some of the other seasons of k-pop star and see who else has gotten their start in this exact same way. Yeah, it was nice. And I, I, it felt like a nice extra little bit of kismet to be like, yeah, no, this is a good thing to do for our episode. Because like I said, I was just chasing a weird curiosity. And 10 years seemed nice. But the fact that both Lehigh and Jamie have put out singles like in the past couple of weeks. Yes, like this, this month. They both put it out <laughs> this month. So relevant as fuck. Relevant. <laughs> no, the top three, because even Becca Yun has the zero percent. Right. The top right. three have put out singles three. this month. 
We're so timely. I know, right? We're always on top of things. We love to plan things so far ahead. (laughs) Right? We're just (laughs) killing it always. (laughs) (sighs) All right. We'll be right back with a random game. All right. We are back. And this week, the random number generator gave us a boy group from 2012 called Big Star. Yes, often written as all one word in all caps. This is a five-member boy group signed to Brave Entertainment. This is the Brave Brothers Company. Um, And they debuted with the single Big Start on July 12th, 2012. Um, yeah, there's not a ton of information about Big Star that we could find because only one of their members seemed to uh, get any attention. Make a himself of any way. Um, yeah. But we did see that according to Wikipedia, Big Star was the first Korean idol group to hold 100 concerts in Japan. Wow. That's and that's a pretty cool so record many. <laughs> Yeah, also that's so <laughs> many. Like for a group that we know nothing about, like why are you holding so many concerts in Japan? Um, but the sort of biggest news item surrounding Big Star is that on June 27th in 2017, Brave Entertainment confirmed that Bora of Sistar was dating a member of uh, Big Star named Field Dog, <laughs> all one word. And they had apparently been officially dating for about six months after meeting each other on Hit the Stage. And that same year, so Field Dog, I guess, made the rounds as far as these like different idol competition shows go because he and the rest of Big Star all appeared on the KBS survival show The Unit, which we talked about last week. Yeah. um, Because of Chan. Uh, Chan and June were both on The Unit, but only Chan made it into the UNB. And in this case, only Field Dog made it all the way to the end. He came in fourth place on the unit and so uh, was a member and the leader of the group UNB. But the group Big Star, unfortunately, disbanded in July 2019 when all of the members' contracts expired and they did not renew them. Bora and Field Dog broke up in 2019, too. So it's just a rough year. Field Dog, so many many major things ending. So sad. They were together for two years, though. So, you know. They had their time. They had their time. Um, Well, their most popular music video on YouTube is for a single, let me count which one it came in, their fourth single from 2013 it's called run and run and it has 1.8 million views and it's their most popular video and we're gonna check it out and overall they released three eps and one two three four five six seven singles yeah so i don't i have no i my guess is that this is going to sound like big bang or something, but maybe not because I feel like Brave Brothers writes groovy. No, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't what know. To think. We will see. <laughs> we will see what they do. I feel like anyone, any group that has a member named Feel Dog in it is probably going to give us hip hop vibes, right? Um, but that is just an assumption based solely on his name and on the like very goofy photo that is on their Wikipedia. All right, well, let's check out Run and Run by Big Star. If you'd like to watch along with us, press play when I say go. Three, two, one, go. 
Smoke. Okay. Um, oh, these boys oh. had a party. Well, one of the boys seems to be like running from perhaps crime. And the other boys are asleep after a party. Definitely hungover. Oh, are we are we cursing? <laughs> yes. <gasps> oh my god, he crashed his Hummer oh, through. He crashed his car through a wall. Oh my. Someone's wearing a hat that just says fuck in gold. Oh no, it says yuck. It says, it says yuck. yuck. It says yuck. <laughs> Okay, all of these boys are wearing, like, very goofy outfits. Okay, this is much more Block B than it is Big Bang. It is, and it's uh, it's very fun. It's super brightly colored. The dance is a little, like, goofy. Yeah. And we're kind of just going back and forth between the, like, party house and the, like, dingy, I don't know, alleyway, and then this, like, box set. <gasps> Oh, abs. They flashed their stomachs at us. They all did. This has a very fun sense of humor to it. Yeah. And it's a way more singing than, like, I don't know. I was expecting something harder or more hip-hop-y. And, like, they're singing, and it's a little groovy fun. Yeah. No, it's totally melodic in a way that I didn't really expect it to be. And the dancing is cute without being, like, super... Uh, elaborate. I have the captions turned on and the lyrics are about meeting a girl at a party. Okay. And there's girls at this party and there are house, girls so. at this party. <gasps> oh no. Don't drill into the wall. She's leaning on it. Is this a, is this a, is that a naughty joke? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I can't think of the word. He I was like, you, euphemism. Innuendo. Cause he's drilling yeah. the wall and it's shaking. And, and then she's the like, other side. <laughs> She's like vibrating on the yeah, other side, I think that's like when dope. he's drilling on it. <laughs> that seems naughty. <laughs> oh, a singing in the rain bathroom. He's walking oh, on love. the ceiling. <laughs> oh, it's these very shirt okay. liftings. That shirt does say fuck on it. That shirt says fuck on it. On the bottom. Oh, fun. Yes, it does. See? Yes, it does. But I think it's F-U-K-K. <laughs> and now they're dancing in dust and throwing color. Around. Yeah. Oh, the side move. Yeah. This sounds like that part of the Eminem song. Oh, yes. I know. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 Without me, that's that song. Yes. This is very fun. It is very fun, and the blonde one is hot. And this I came out like three off. weeks after I discovered K-pop. Like, I'm wow. just saying. Big star. Big star. Well, that was very, very fun. That Big was star. fun. I, I enjoyed that far more than I thought I was going to. That's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, weekly recommendation time recommendations i have watched a total of two new things Ooh, very fancy, exciting and they are key <laughs> and that is it that's all you got it's key, and i like them both 
I actually really, I was like very, very, very happy with this new Itzy song. It's called Loco. And I wasn't a huge fan of their last one, Mafia. Um, I liked that they like went for the darker concept. I thought it was fun, but the song just didn't really do it for me. And something about Loco like really gets me. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about it, but when I watched their like first stage or like the performance version. When I watched the first stage where you could see all of their choreo, I like got emotional while I was watching it in a way that I can only describe as like needing a moment for my middle school self to like mourn the fact that she had to grow up without this. (laughs) Because she would have fucking loved it. She really would have loved it. There's like a heavier guitar in this song that there like hasn't really been in the previous Itzy sound songs. Mm-hmm. It's like a slightly different sound. And I would argue that it's maybe like the tamest of the Itzy songs. Um, it's like a, definitely like the most like quote unquote normal like pal- Like it doesn't have cheerleaders song. screaming in it. Like it doesn't that. have cheerlead. Well, maybe it does. <laughs> but Less. it is certainly it's like. You know, the kind of, uh, what is the aspect? I mean, I almost want to call it like an NCT vibe of Itzy where you like, they can be a little bit unpredictable and like sometimes things in their songs are just like, like loud or like they're making music out of things that aren't music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And this is, I think, a much more like, it's just like it has the like driving guitar and the like steady beat that kind of like pulls it through the whole song. Um, and it's just, it doesn't have any real like Frankenstein moments. It has like one major breakdown. Um, but I thought it was really fun and they're promoting a B side with it, um, which is called swipe. And I thought that one was also really, really fun, even Mm -hmm. though I think it's hilarious because there's no freaking way that the itsies are swiping through like Tinder or something like, no, that's not happening. But uh, I, I, that one is fun, too. Like, the choreo is really cute. I think that it's, like, they are definitely going for a more, like, grown aesthetic and, like, grown attitude. Like, they're kind of being sexy in this comeback in a way that I think maybe they started to be the mafia one. Mm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's really fun. I am like very much enjoying this Itzy comeback so far. I very need to catch up on it. I The only thing I've seen about that swipe, like the only thing I've seen about it is that there's a, a fraction of netizens or somebody that thinks that an Itzy is dating a stray kid, an 80s. Oh. I don't know. Something. One of those boy groups that I literally mixed together in my head. I'm so sorry. I can't tell them apart. But it's one of those. A Stray Kids or an 80s. People think an Itzy is dating one of him. One of them. Because when they were watching, doing their own music video commentary video, there's a part where like they try to call a boy and he doesn't pick up or something. And one of them was like, uh, didn't pick up because he's playing video games, like, so relatable. And then everyone was like, that one stray kid always plays video or something. So they were trying to use it as proof for their theories. That's all I've sure, seen. Sure, because there's probably only one boy in Korea who plays Who video doesn't games. pick up his phone when he plays video games. There couldn't possibly be others. Definitely, definitely <laughs> not. Actually, I just realized, though, when you brought up Stray Kids and ATs, first of all, I finally learned how to tell them apart. Woohoo! <laughs> um, <and laughs> mostly because I learned an ATs, and his name is Songhua. And 
their newer song, Deja Vu, I also really enjoy. I really, really, really like that song. And I have never, I could not even name for you another AT song, but this Deja Vu one is fun. Uh, it's like sexy and groovy and the choreo is really sexy too. It's like a lot of hip wiggles. Um, and we definitely yeah, I'm enjoying got it. It is not loud at all. We definitely got a voicemail the day that ATs came out and it is a, it's a very <laughs> voicemail. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a very sexy song. It's yeah. a very sexy song. And I don't know anything about ATs, but like it seemed to me the first like super overt, like sexy vibe. Mm-hmm. And I like that they're going for like Songhua in particular has a lot has a lot of like more feminine styling. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of in the same way that like Taeyang did in SF9's teardrop. He's not going quite so bold with his crop tops, but he is wearing a lot of like lacy things and like nice silhouettes. Mm. Um, so they're definitely going for a, a sexy vibe. I don't know if this is the first time that they've done it, but it struck me as that kind of Yeah, vibe. I saw a Tumblr GIF set. The only ATs that I know, there's one named San or San. I think it's probably San that has like very sharp face. They also have a Wu Young that also yes, has a very sharp a face. Young, which I have always very much disapproved of based solely on the fact that I love 2 p.m. Wu Young. Right. But then, but Wu Young is the one ATs that our friend Jenna knows. Mm. And she sent us his face. And wow, does he have a nice face. <laughs> <laughs> he is hot. Yeah, for sure. He Good is faces. very, very hot. But I saw a Tumblr gif set that was un ATs who I guess for the very sexual point move of the song is moving his coat. So you make sure that like it was a gif set of him moving his coat so that his crotch is full free for his naughty dancing. I mean, you're not going to put in a repeated (laughs) booty roll, hip roll, and then cover it with a coat, right? right? Like, this is why the girls in Easy, WJS and the Black, also pull their coats to the side mm -hmm. for the butt move. Because the butt move is the move. Yeah, totally. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Um, But Key, we mentioned Key. key. Can we please talk about Key's second solo album, Bad Love? Yes! Yes, we can. It's so good, guys. It's so good. And I have to tell you, I I read this article. Well, I haven't finished the whole thing, but I pulled it up and I started reading it. But I read this article. Um, Let me, I think I still have it pulled up. Let me see. Oh, I have so many tabs open on my phone. (laughs) Okay. It is on nme.com. And it's an interview with Shiny's Key on his new solo mini album. Um, And he says, quote, I finally became me. And the interview is really, really nice. It talks about his like creative conversation. Um, and, uh, excuse me. It talks about his creative conversation. It talks about his creative process. Um, and the conversation is about his creative process. And he talks a lot about how this is like the album version of key. And he said when he got to do his first one in face. Um, he got to make a lot of his own choices, but the choices were presented to him. And this was the first solo project that he got to come up with the ideas himself. So like all of the concept and all of the like songs, like he was really the driving 
deciding creative force in it, um, which is very cool because the article points out, and I totally agree, like when you see it, you know, it's like a, oh, of course it's a, it's a futuristic like space concept. Like, of course it's a Barbarella theme. Like, like of course it's this sort of like the say the like musical style, but only key could pull this kind of concept off. Right. Like, yes, of course it is this concept because it's so like trendy right now, I think, this like retro future vibe. But who could do it other than Key? But I also disagree because I don't think it's retro future. I think it's retro, 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 period, retro. Like mm, at least the But styling- it's retro future because it's sci-fi. Like it's a Barbarella of like space travel. Yeah, but like, you know, retro, like that kind of like Star Trek in the 60s, like it's still sci-fi, but like it's very 60s in the way that it looks and the like toy blaster packaging of the album and like. Sure. Yes. I do love that the, oh yeah, because that was one of his big like inspirational um, factors was like the, the. um, It was very pulpy, like posters and like the kids toys from like that well specifically the action figures that he used to collect yeah he said that that was like a bit he wanted to sort of capture that like magic um so the album it packaging is like it even had like the cardboard like thing of an action figure and then with like the cd on the plastic side it's very cute it's very neat and he said that he's been wanting to do this very specific luke for like a decade and has been like waiting for the moment to that he would get his like full creative control to execute it the way that he wanted to. Yes. So that's what I, I think that's neat. Like, I guess I like, I just wanted to jump because I know that it is trendy, but I'm trying to say that he wanted to do it before it was trendy because he's oh, of always, course. he's always ahead, but the music itself is definitely very trendy and it's like retro future 80 synth super pop hyper pop mm-hmm. or whatever they call it um i love it it's a great little ep oh it's so good yeah like the whole thing there's no skips from start to finish um according to this article he's had this plan he's wanted to make bad love for 14 14 there it is 14 years um so the idea has been gestating for years inside his head so when the time and chance came by he knew exactly how to bring it to life um yeah the song is really the whole soundtrack or blah blah blah, the whole ep is really really good um the last song in particular he says it's called 18 parentheses end of my world and he says that it's a um a letter to his 18 year old self about um the troubles that he will go through um and the chorus is like very beautiful this idea of like i won't see the end of my world with you and like i want to see the end of my world with you um but it's kind of about like growing up um, and um, and wanting to take those pieces of your younger self with you with and you. also like growing and being a different version and forgiving a past version of yourself for being young and not knowing everything. And it's so mm-hmm. good. It ma- like, oh, yeah. it makes me feel all the things. It's so beautiful. It's so good, and, like, every single song is so great. There's um, two songs on it that have, like, a kind of motif of, like, breathing, both yellow tape (laughs) and helium. Talk about, like, either I can't breathe when I'm with you or you're the reason I can't breathe. Um, I love helium. It has such a, like, weird 
chorus to it that's kind of like out of tune and like low and dark and it's just like so weird and good um and you were pointing out the the lyrics in, in saturday, saturday night in the chorus of saturday night it's just like just gives me a little like teehee giggle every single time I listen to it, which at this point has been like 47 times because I've just been leap looping this album sure. for two days. But in the chorus, he says, hey, Zachary, play that song. And hey, Stacy, give me something. And I just think that's like those are such specific like 90s TV show names. Like, I don't know where he pulled them from, but it like really makes me laugh. And the idea of like the DJ or the person holding the aux cord being named Zachary and going by Zachary and not Zach. And like, I don't know something about, Hey, Hey Zachary, play that song. Just like makes me laugh. I love it. I don't know. Yeah. I love how specific <laughs> they are. And somebody pointed out that he asks Zachary to put on a song that is cool, but sad, which actually can describe Saturday night. Yeah. Because the song is very funky and fun. It's like totally a dance track. But he but can't the, have fun on Saturday night without you is what he's saying. Yes. He can't have the fun. The whole thing is he can't dance on a Saturday night without you. And so the somebody pointed out that him asking Zachary to put on a song that is cool, but sad could actually just put a loop of Saturday Night On because that is a song that is cool but sad. And there's also, is it in Helium? I forget which song it's in specifically, but he name checks Judy Jetson as well and asks Judy Jetson to do something, which I think is great too. Oh, really? I didn't pick that up. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to listen for it. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Because I heard it and I was like, oh my God, I love this. Like, key, bad, love... Helium lyrics? <laughs> Who can I check? Yes, he says, Judy Jetson, take me up to space in the pre-chorus of Helium. I love that. That's so funny. I know. He's so clever and good. He is really clever. Yeah, he's very clever, and he clearly thought a lot about this comeback. I mean, he's been planning it for 14 years, <laughs> and everything about it is, like, so meticulous. I think he sounds amazing. Every single song is, like, perfect for his range and, like, the color of his voice. He sounds so good. Um, there's the Taeon feature is on there as well. Um, and the music video for Bad Love is really fun. Um, Ooh, there's just like yeah. a space fashion show. Which I also wanted to point out because I just think it's neat of like key finding a way to sort of with little Easter eggs like tie key things to shiny things mm -hmm. like in his first album he like straight up name checks shiny and stuff but in this music yeah. video similarly to atlantis all the costumes he's been wearing for the last two years are all behind him in one of the dressing room scenes and in another dance scene all of his dancers have his don't call me red line mm. So we're bringing in, the universe together. Yeah, I love that. And we noticed um, that there were some like visual similarities between the Hate That music video and the Don't Call Me music video. The like videos. rock in the water part, right? Mm -hmm. The rock in the water of him, which was like his his like set or whatever and also his main outfit in bad love is a full red suit not a s traditional suit but it's like a full red like outfit fashion. yeah fashion outfit <laughs> which i feel like looks like it would be part of a the same collection as that red 
outfit he wears when he's standing on the rock in the water or the debris on the water in in don't call me so it definitely seems like there's a lot of really subtle calls to to just keep the universes all together he's a thoughtful artiste i know and i love it so please check out key's album if you haven't yet because i think you need it in your fall listening time Um, And then just one quick extra recommendation from today's episode. Um, Do check out the new Lehigh album. It is very good. But also she has a song with my boy Crush that came out last year that's called For You. And I love it. So if you've never heard that, check that one out. Great. All righty. That is it for this week's episode. Um... Get your idle gossip book if you haven't. Enter the giveaway. There's just a couple more days if you're hearing this when it comes out to get in on the idle gossip giveaway. Um, Yeah. If you are a seasoned fan tier patron, please check your messages. We've extended our deadline on your most recent homework assignment. So you have another about another week to send in your submissions. Um, So check your inboxes and get those in by Monday at noon. Yes. PST. And a Patreon tease for anybody who is on Patreon or hasn't joined yet. I've been working very, very hard on a new stage outfit spotlight. You can maybe probably guess what it was for. But if you can't, you're just going to have to join Patreon to find out. But there's a tease. Really fun stage outfit spotlight coming this month. So patreon.com slash Pod if you want to give us a little bit of money and we'll give you extra episodes in return. Yes. You will get a brand new episode every month, at least once a month. And as soon as you sign up, you'll have access to every other episode we've already released. And there are like 13 or 14 of them now, so... Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to stay joined. Never any hard feelings. If you want to join for a month and watch them all and cancel, it's okay. Sometimes y'all apologize when you cancel. Don't worry about it. It's nice that you join it all. Don't say sorry to me. I love you anyway. Um, but where we can be found otherwise is at Pod in all the places. Pod at gmail.com for emails. Linktree slash Pop has all of our links which will take you to our discord where you can talk to other listeners our youtube channel where we have supplemental playlists our spotify where we have audio only supplemental playlists (laughs) um our fan wiki where you can learn about episodes of the show um i mean all kinds of things easily look for a particular episode (laughs) if you're trying to find something specific yeah we got all kinds of things so come find us come check us out We'll be back next week, as always, with something fun. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Jonghyun, your inspiration.